there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hi, I'm Wendy Zuckerman, and you're listening to Science Versus from Gimlet. Today, we're looking at alcohol. Should we put a cork in it? For years, we've been told that drinking a little booze is good for our heart. But now, it feels like there's all these reports telling us, nope, booze is bad for us. And so we wanted to know what's going on here. Like, can I have a cheeky beer or not? And we first looked into this question back in 2019. But since then, some new science has come out, throwing a twist, a lemon twist, in this whole debate. So we're going to start by playing some of that episode as it originally aired, and then we're going to look and see how the science has changed in the last few years. Okay, so here's me back in 2019. We all know that drinking a lot, like four drinks a day, can be bad for us. It increases our risk for all kinds of diseases, like liver disease, and it makes it more likely that we'll get into serious accidents. But where it's confusing is when it comes to drinking in moderation. You know, cracking open a cold one or two. Because it seems like every day we hear something different. Some say it's good for you, some say it's bad for you, and all I want to know is can I have a beer? To start our journey in answering this question, we wanted to take you to a time where basically no one was seriously arguing that alcohol was good for you. Alcohol is a violent narcotic, almost as if its aim in life was to transform man back into an animal. This is a PSA from 1952. All it takes is five drops of alcohol for every thousand drops of blood. And brother, you're a dead duck. Things changed for alcohol in the 1970s, though. That was when a very curious study came out showing that alcohol might actually be good for you. It found that people who drank had far fewer heart attacks than those who didn't drink. And it caused a huge stir. Heart disease kills hundreds of thousands of Americans each year. It's the biggest killer around. And if this finding was true, no longer would drinkers dead ducks. But they might be majestic eagles soaring to health. Other scientists immediately bellied up to the bar and wanted to find out, could this be true? Could alcohol really be good for you? I was surprised that there was something that seemed so simplistic. It, you know, it really was, gee, just really having a couple glasses of wine with dinner can have that strong of an impact. Eric Rim is a professor of epidemiology and nutrition at Harvard. And one of his first big studies was checking to see if that 1970s paper was right. After all, the idea that alcohol could help your heart, it sounded too good to be true. Yeah, I think people were skeptical anecdotally, alcohol was bad. People who showed up in hospitals had too much, and therefore, if too much was bad, then, you know, a moderate amount was bad too. So in the 1980s, Eric tried to get to the bottom of the glass. He got more than 40,000 men to tell him how much they drank, their medical history, and he also asked the men what they ate, 
to see if maybe it wasn't the alcohol, but something the drinkers happened to be eating that was protecting their heart. Maybe we can sift out, is it the alcohol or is it the diet? So we had uh, four pages where we asked them about their diet, and it was a list of about 130 foods. So you'd go through and tell us how many sweet potatoes you ate on average over the last year, how much red meat you ate. To make sure that Eric could trust that people were accurately filling out his survey, Eric's team later made sure that what people said they ate lined up with what was actually in their bodies. So they'd look for specific chemicals found in certain foods. So if you eat a lot of carrots, that means you should have a lot of beta carotene in your blood. And sure enough, people that reported more carrots had much higher levels of beta carotene. And people that reported more tuna had more mercury in their toenails, which we'd expect because there's mercury in tuna. So you, you actually went and measured the mercury in people's toenails to make sure that they were reporting their tuna consumption correctly? Um, yeah. <laughs> we have one of the world's largest collections of toenails. Yeah, I don't like to brag about that, but that comes up at parties. Yeah, sounds like a real rager. Okay, back to Eric's study. So, as the late 1980s were rolling into the 90s, Eric starts plugging all this info about what people drank and ate and whether they got a heart attack into a computer which was very fancy for the time. You hit the enter key. In this case, you know, I had to wait eight hours for it to churn through because the computers were pretty slow at that time. And when the results popped up, Eric found that alcohol really was good for the men's hearts. Any amount of alcohol lowered their risk of heart diseases. And generally speaking, the more they drank, the stronger the effect. And the benefit from booze was huge. Like men who drank three glasses a day, they had a 35% lower risk of getting a heart attack than those who drank nothing. And this was after you considered what they ate. And I looked at the result going, no, it can't be that strong. It can't be that strong that there really is a 35% reduction. Eric's like, hardly anything you do makes that big of a difference. So the absolute risk reduction is very similar to exercising regularly. Wow. Eric found that drinking booze lowered the men's risk of a heart attack as much as exercising regularly, which is bonkers. And if you're into liquor, the news for booze was about to get even better. It didn't make a difference what you drank, that if you liked vodka or if you liked beer or if you liked white wine, you had the same benefit as red wine. Other studies have come out backing this up too. Beer, gin, whiskey, tequila... All of them were found to be good for your heart. And while Eric's first study was only in men, other research has found that it worked for women too. Their risk of coronary heart disease dropped if they only had one or two glasses a day. And as all this research on alcohol came out, scientists immediately started wondering, why? When researchers did some digging, they found a few things going on that might explain this. For example, alcohol may raise your good cholesterol, keeping plaque from building up in your arteries. It also might prevent blood clots, all good stuff for preventing future heart attacks. It seemed like case of wine closed. I dare say there's a few people at my institution who have toasted me for 30 years since my initial publication. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is not just my friends, it is my colleagues, it is the dean of our school. So, drinks all round. I'm cracking open a cold one. 
and I'm taking a sip. Well, before I down this, you should know that not everyone is toasting this idea that alcohol is good for your heart. Hang on a minute. This is so flawed. This is so fundamentally flawed. This is Tim Stockwell. He's a professor of psychology at the University of Victoria in Canada. And Tim, he is battling Team Booze. He's part of Team Booze. That's going to get confusing. So before we jump to the conclusion it's the alcohol, which is such a nice conclusion, it's no, it's more complicated than that. Scientists in Tim's camp, they were the ones who threw a wrench into all this intoxicating booze research. But Tim wasn't always a party pooper. In fact, he used to think that alcohol was good for your heart. Then he met a sociologist called Kay Fillmore. It was really when I met Kay Fillmore and got to know her and her work that I began to seriously question the scientific evidence. Tell me about Kay. She she was quite a oh she was a one feisty woman. She was about <laughs> five foot nothing, um, heavy smoker. She liked her scotch, and oh my god, she she would give it to anybody in large public meetings. And Kay was about to start giving it to scientists like Eric. She died several years ago, but Tim told us that Kay started thinking there was something fishy about all these alcohol studies. So she phoned Tim. And, yeah, I get this call, this gravelly voice. She was smoking away, puffing on a cigarette, and, Tim, can you help me? Tim said yes. So Kay's like, all right. All these studies are showing that those who drink have less heart disease than those who don't. Well, have you ever thought, who are these non-drinkers in these studies? Like, what kind of person doesn't drink anything? It might seem like people who don't drink would be these healthy types, you know, my body is a temple. But Kay suspected that wasn't true. She started looking into the studies that have been done on people who don't drink and found something kind of shocking. Generally speaking, they were more likely to be unhealthy. Many of them used to drink, but then had to stop for some medical reason. And so the team figured, well, if you want to know if alcohol is good for you, then it's a bad idea to be comparing drinkers to these sick teetotalers. You know, they're unhealthy, so they make the moderate drinkers look good by comparison. The people who did drink and then stopped, well, some scientists call them sick quitters. And it sounds like a bad burn, but it basically means they didn't stop drinking because they were running a triathlon, but because they weren't well. So Tim and Kay thought, let's only look at the studies that we trust, like those that don't have this problem with sick quitters. And when they did that and ran the numbers, then all of a sudden, alcohol wasn't good for your heart anymore. Tim remembers the moment that the team figured it out. I remember being stuck in there in the snowstorm and talking with her on the phone and working over the data. And uh, yeah, uh, it was pretty clear that the significance fell away. Significance fell away. That's the dorky way of saying that his paper couldn't find evidence that beer is good for my heart. 
Are you someone that people want to invite to parties based on your research? Ooh, ooh. Um, I was invited around uh, to dinner at friends last night, so I'm not a complete pariah. (laughs) I do occasionally leave my house. And when Tim and Kay published their study in 2006, it got a lot of media attention, making headlines across the US saying that alcohol might not be good for us anymore. And it really set the stage for the confusion that's been mixing us up today. Even that one glass of wine at dinner does more harm than good. One day it'll kill you, the next it'll save your life. For Eric, Tim's research was like a shot of vodka across the bow. Eric says he's taken these sick quitters into account in his studies, and he still finds that alcohol is good for our heart. But Tim has other problems with this research. And it basically centres around this idea that it's just really hard to account for everything that might be different about people who drink and those who don't. And so if you're finding that drinkers have lower rates of heart disease, it's hard to know that alcohol is the reason why. This is a very complex issue. These are hugely complicated things to resolve. And so the two sides have gone round and round on this with no end in sight. Ultimately, where did we land? Well, last year, two big reviews came out, pulling together work from this entire field. And these newer studies tend to show that Eric is right. Alcohol seems to be good for your heart. But there are a couple of caveats. Now that more studies are being more careful with things like the sick quitter effect... They're finding some things that are different to what Eric found. For one, men and women get a benefit to their heart after just about one drink a day. It's not the more you drink, the stronger the effect. Also, more sobering news. Alcohol isn't as good at protecting your heart as that early research had found. So, bottom line, I'm taking a sip of my beer but I'm a little less excited about it. Okay, Wendy here from 2023. So that is where we landed in 2019 on whether alcohol is good for your heart. But since then, it's felt like the tide against alcohol has gotten even stronger, much like the latest double IPA on tap. Because now we're hearing about these reports, like one out of Canada, which suggested that Maybe I should put down my beer. It basically said that you can't have more than two drinks a week without some kind of health consequences. So we wanted to know, why did they make that call? Like, what's changed in the science? So we called up one of the guys who headed up that Canadian report. His name is Dr. Peter Butt. He's an associate professor at the University of Saskatchewan College of Medicine. And he says that he gets a bit of guff for his work. People saying, enough, enough, you're taking away everything that that I have derived pleasure from in life. Uh, (laughs) Get off my back. (laughs) Here's why these Canadians are taking everything that we've derived pleasure from in life. So to create this report, these boffins did a big review of all the science in this space. And when it came to the heart, he said that there have been more and better quality studies coming out, doing things like not lumping in the sick quitters, but also including more diverse groups into their analyses. 
And they're finding that for a whole host of heart and cardiovascular conditions. High blood pressure, hemorrhagic stroke, atrial fibrillation and flutter. Alcohol is not good. And in fact, just makes things worse. There's been more and more evidence that the impact of alcohol on the heart is not beneficial. So it's, it's really not good medicine. And it's not just the Canadians that are switching to mocktails. Back in 2019, to see where the consensus was at here, we asked dozens of cardiologists and epidemiologists whether light drinking was protective against coronary heart disease or not. Back then, about half thought it was. We recently redid this survey and things had changed. Now, only one in five thought it was good. All right, so that is the latest on alcohol and the heart. And I know, if you like your cheeky beers, this is all a little heartbreaking. But the thing is, all this time where the heart and alcohol was hogging the spotlight, kind of like a Negroni spagliato this summer, scientists have been worried about something else to do with alcohol, something totally different. And to find out what it is, head over to our main feed. On Spotify, search for Science Versus, that's Science VS, and then listen to our full episode called Alcohol, Time to Put a Cork in It. Because what you're hearing now, it's just little bite-sized versions of Science Versus. You want the whole big deal. So go Science Versus into Spotify and then click on Alcohol, Time to Put a Cork in It. I'm Wendy Zuckerman. Back to you next time.